The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you ready? We're going to get into the word. Man, I believe the word has the potential to change your life. Uh, Just like, you know, Sipo was sharing, the word of God is seed, and when you plant it in your heart, it will produce fruit. Amen? Uh, In the system, God set it up so simple so that anybody can participate. Anybody can see some transformation uh, in their lives. Can I get an amen? And so last week we started a series talking about how to flow in the favor of God. In particular, we were discussing when it comes to your assignment. So there is a way you can flow in the favor of God when it comes to uh, material things and you begin to see them. There is a way you can uh, take advantage of the favor of God when it comes to your career and you can see that. Uh, But, you know, seldom have we taken full advantage of the favor of God for assignments. God has created each and every person uh, here and if you're watching online, Uh, for a purpose and uh, you know that purpose is to make a mark on the earth Uh, that cannot be erased that purpose is to make a difference and you can begin to take advantage of the favor of God really you can't accomplish the things that God wants you to accomplish in the earth without his favor on you amen this is why even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ he says when he grew in Luke 2.52, he grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, which means, you know, uh, his body grew. You know, he didn't remain young physically. So he grew in wisdom in his understanding of things. But it also adds he also grew in favor Hallelujah. with God primarily and favor with man. We said last week that uh, your focus should be growing with favor, uh, in favor with God first. And what happens is when you grow in favor with God it turns into favor with man. And so we drew a, a diagram last week. How many of you remember? Uh, it was a diagram here. And we say the, the glory cloud is over here, right? That's the, this is where the favor rests, right? This is the favor cloud, if you will. This is the favor cloud. And it's always giving. Always giving, always releasing opportunities. Uh, you know, heaven is not in a, uh, in a drought for opportunities. Oh, heaven is constantly giving out opportunities. And we just need to be positioned right to take advantage of these opportunities, particularly when it comes to our assignments. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And so the, 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 what we talked about briefly last week was... Uh, But everything that God is going to give you into your life has to come through the channel of your heart. You know, and we said Mr. Heart has some legs, right? Mr. Heart has some legs and some hands. 
And uh, when, you know, you can send Mr. Hart places, and the place you should be sending Mr. Hart to is to under the uh, favor cloud, under the grace of God cloud in the kingdom of God. And how do you do that? We mentioned three ways you can do that. Uh, last week, we mentioned that you can do that. There are many other ways you can do that, but, you know, the predominant ones are, number one, giving. You know, when you give, your heart follows your treasure. Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So when you give, you move your heart from over here to over here in the kingdom of God. This is kingdom. This represents kingdom, right? Uh, where you begin to enjoy kingdom opportunities. And so giving really does more for the giver than for the receiver. This is why Jesus said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Acts 20 verse 35. Really it is because you're moving your heart and positioning it to receive of everything that heaven has for you. And some may call it works. And they're right. It is works over here, but works of faith. You see, sometimes you get caught up in grace, you don't want to do nothing. In fact, some of my grace folk, I'm a grace person, they don't want to do anything. I was sharing with Marshall at the office. I said, do you realize even if I got you a gifted superbalist for free, you still have to at least get off your bed and walk to the door to at least receive it. <laughs> and grace folk who say, no, I just want to rest. You've got to rest. No, the apostle James says there is something called works of faith. And he says, if you show me your faith without the works of faith or your positive response to appropriate what God has done by grace, you're going to miss out. This is why we have a lot of grace folk that are malnutritioned. They have good doctrine, but no results. It's time grace people start to have some grace bountiful results. If we have a new covenant that is established on uh, a better covenant that is established on better promises, we ought to also have better results that accompany the better covenant established on better promises. Man, sometimes I'm looking at grace people, they're arguing on Facebook in caps. I look at their lives. I don't see no grace fruits. I'm thinking, man, that fool over there who's not even a grace person, they got better fruit than you. You ought to start taking full advantage of what God has for you and let the fruit do the speaking. Can I get an amen? We also talked about serving. We said when you approach serving, always serve with the law. Someone say law. Always serve with the law barrier to entry. In other words, uh, it shouldn't be hard to, for God to get you to go somewhere or to do something. There shouldn't be all these hoops. I mean, sometimes God is, you know, he has to, you know, think, think twice before he sends some of us because we got all these things that he has to tick before we say yes. And we miss out uh, on opportunities when we do that. And the third one, uh, we said, uh, you know, you've got to learn how to master relationship. And then we ended off uh, in Galatians chapter number 6 from verse 9 to 10. So we're going to revisit that. Galatians chapter number 6. Uh, from verse 9 uh, to 10. Today we're going to talk about how you can begin to uh, grow in this favor, how you can begin to increase this favor 
uh, now that you have stepped here, you can literally turn the, the knob up and begin to experience uh, this favor at a greater measure. Can I get an amen? And so listen what it says in Galatians 6 from verse 9 to 10. I'm reading a New Living Translation, if you don't mind, NLT. Uh, it says, uh, let's not get tired of doing what is good. See, when you approach your assignment, one of the prerequisites is you don't give up quickly. There's, there shouldn't be any quit in you. That's why the apostle uh, James, he says, uh, uh, in, in the apostle Paul in Galatians 6 verse 9, if you read it in the King James, he says, don't grow weary. Amen? I said, amen. He says, don't grow weary of doing what? Of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Amen. Therefore, someone say therefore. Amen. Whenever you see therefore, you need to check to see what is therefore, right? Therefore, whenever, this is how you don't give up. Okay, the story started in verse 6. Don't give up doing what is good. Stay consistent. Stay persistent. If you do, uh, 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 if you want to know how to do that, here's how you do it. Therefore, whenever, someone say whenever. whenever. See, there's not a right time. There's not a convenient time. The time is whenever. Amen. Amen. Whenever the, we have the opportunity, we should do good. So, the reason for the opportunity is so that we can do good, not look good. See, a lot of people trying to look good and they miss out on the opportunity. If the opportunity don't make them look good, they're not, they don't take it. They don't take it. You know, they want opportunities. Listen, he says, therefore, whenever we have, whenever we have the opportunity. Uh, another way of putting it is Colossians 3.23. He says, whatsoever your hands find to do. He didn't say the nice things. He didn't say the, you know, uh, uh, glorious things. He didn't say the platform things. He says, whatever. Whatever your hands find to do, do it well. Do it as unto the Lord. Amen. Knowing this, that this is the Lord who will give you the reward. Amen. Amen. And so when we approach opportunities, if we're only looking for the glamorous one, we may miss uh, the great ones just looking for the convenient uh, one. So he said we should do good, not look good. We should do good uh, especially to everyone, especially, especially to those in the family of faith. Amen? Amen. And so the, the, we said last week again, uh, the word for, for favor is grace in the New Testament. And that word grace is translated favor, unmerited favor, over 130 times throughout the New Testament. So, if you look at the word grace, we are grace people, right? If you look at the word grace, the definition for the word grace is un, unmerited, right? Uh, which means unearned, you didn't earn it. It's unmerited what? Favor. And, and we spell it the way, you know, we should spell it. With you in it. How many of you know that favor is not right when it doesn't have you in it? You have to be in it for favor to be spelled right. Amen. I said amen. And so, notice I did this intentionally. I put the word favor in caps. Because for many, many years, we've emphasized and dwelt on the fact that it's free. And we walk around and say, it's free, it's free, it's free. But we haven't measured on the fact that what's free is the favor of God. Amen. 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 
I said, amen. And so what we have to work on is just receiving it. If you read Ephesians 1, verse 6, uh, the Apostle Paul says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which is what? Unmerited favor. He says, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. That word accepted is the same word, uh, unmerited favor. In fact, it's actually highly favored. It's the word, uh, the, the word grace is charis. The word uh, accepted is charisto which is the same word that was used in Luke one twenty eight when uh, Gabriel said to uh, Mary, thou art highly favored. And so here, Ephesians 1.6, you know, yeah, we were accepted, but, you know, not like you accept a friend request on Facebook. You know, we, we were highly favored in the beloved. Amen. And sometimes English words that just throw you off. You know, yeah, I'm accepted in the book. It feels like, man, I was just standing at the door and then finally I got accepted. No, when you read it right in its original Greek context, it says, wherein he has made us highly favored in the beloved. When you came into Christ, there's something that happened to you called receiving high favor. And like, you know, Sipo said, this favor will bring preferential treatment. It will bring supernatural increase. It will bring restoration. It will bring prominence. It will bring uh, uh, petitions and laws will be granted in your favor. Policies and rules will be changed uh, in your favor. Favor will have battles, one, which you do not have to fight. It will bring divine connections and kairos moments. Favor opens doors that men have said are impossible to open. No obstacle can stop you when you understand how to function in the favor of God. No hindrances can delay you because his favor will open doors for you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now let's go to Genesis chapter number 39. We're going to see this in action. Genesis chapter number 39. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 6. And this is the story of Joseph. You remember the story? Uh, Joseph had a dream and he went and he shared with his brothers the dream that he had seen. And uh, after he shared with his brothers, you know, they they grew jealous of him and they decided that they were going to, you know, uh, uh, kill him. And so while they were about to kill him, one of the brothers said, you know what, we don't have to kill him. I mean, we don't want blood on our hands. Let's just throw him in a pit and uh, so that he can die of natural uh, causes. So they threw him in a pit. And then while he was in the pit, they saw the Ishmaelites, you know, driving by in their carts. And they said, let's bring him out. Let's sell him. So they took him out and they sold him. Uh, to the uh, uh, Ishmaelites who then sold him to Potiphar uh, in Egypt. And it's interesting that in all of this, uh, Joseph did not allow his heart to be corrupted. I mean, he had all kinds of reasons to be offended. He had all kinds of reasons to be bitter. But he knew that when you accept bitterness, when you accept offense, when you accept unforgiveness in your heart, it chokes the flow of the favor or the things that God is trying to bring into manifestation in your life. Because everything is going to flow through your heart. And so when you... uh, 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 clog that pathway with all kinds of bitterness, strive and all kinds of... This is why scripture tells us in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it will flow the issues of life or your path in life is directly determined. The course that you run is directly determined by your heart. 
And so when you allow all kinds of things to, you know, uh, when my wife and I got married, I remember, you know, it's, uh, it was in uh, 2011, uh, on the 15th of October, so we got married, and it was way back in the early days of internet, and so we got married, and then, you know, we were going to go to New York and to Miami for the honeymoon, and so we came back, and then we flew out uh, to, to New York, and while we were in New York, the, the, the photographer sent us the pictures, uh, to us at, at our hotel and the speed at the hotel was uh, I think it was 10 kilobytes or something you know I mean that thing was slow as a snail and the pictures were there beautiful pictures of, of, of our wedding it was there in my inbox I could see it that there is the file. I could see it. But when I pressed download, I mean, that thing was crawling. It was crawling and it was killing me with anticipation. And so that's what happens when your heart is clogged up with all kinds of stuff. The promises are there. Promises for healing are there. Promises of prosperity are there. But man, they, 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 they speed up. Prosperity, speed up, speed up. And the prophet will come and say, this year is going to be different. Ah, that thing is walking slowly. So. <laughs> I mean, that thing is on 10 kilobytes. But you can fix that. Amen. When you begin to open the channels of your heart, man, I'm telling you, there's more stuff that begins to flow in your heart. Can I get an amen? amen. Man, this will, this will help you. And so Joseph knew that, and so he guarded his heart amen. with all diligence to make sure that everything will flow freely. Can I get an amen? And so he says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. See, God's definition of success is different from our definition of success. He is a slave that God calls successful, uh, not because of the stuff that he has, but because of who's with him. Amen. Amen. Says he was a successful man. He was a successful man. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. That's what favor will do. It always starts with God, but then it translates to people seeing it on you. Man, this is good. And so Joseph found what? Favor in his sight. And served him. Joseph had favor with God and it translated to favor with Potiphar. Amen. And Joseph, and I'd like to believe by the time Joseph joined the organization, there were many others who were already working at the organization. But favor is the difference that makes a difference where there is no difference. Favor brings supernatural increase and in promotion. Amen. When he saw that the Lord was with him. Then he made him an overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for who? For Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he made, uh, thus he had, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. He gave Joseph, I mean, he put the man in charge. That's what favor will do for you. Favor will give you a blank check. Say, man, you do your thing. 
He said, man, from today onwards, I'm going to stop being a micromanager. You do your thing. That's what favor will do for you. Amen? amen. I said, amen. Then watch what he says, how he keeps it off. And he says, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Now, they don't mention anything about Joseph's uh, appearance uh, from the beginning of the story until now. He's functioning and growing in favor. You know why? Because favor will make you attractive. It's not talking about the outside. It's talking, man, when you, are, when you have the favor of God, man, people want to work with you. People are drawn to you. You're like a magnet. You just attract the right relationships at the right time because of the favor of God. Amen? And so what we see in this story is three things. Number one, favor will always cause you to rise to the top. Amen? You know, like a ball in the swimming pool, if you, take a, if you ever take a ball, an uh, in, inflated ball in the pool, and you try to stand on it, Man, what happens when you get, when you, I mean, that thing is, is, is pushing you up and it's going to get you out of the way sooner or later. And what happens to that thing? It shoots to the top. And that's what favor does. It doesn't matter what they, I mean, they had sold him into slavery. But favor promoted him. Amen. I said, amen. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Favor will bring you to the top. Favor empowers us to be excellent. Favor doesn't make you lazy. It empowers you to be excellent. God, through favor, will give you witty ideas. He'll give you creativity. And he'll also give you supernatural strength to execute. Number three, favor will make us attractive. People will just gravitate uh, towards us. And so we know the story. Uh, he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, threw him into prison. But Joseph still protected his heart. He didn't get bitter. And because of that, watch what happened in verse 19. He says, so it was when his master heard the words which the wife had spoken, saying, your servant did me. Uh, after this manner, his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison, but the Lord. Someone say the Lord. He says, but the Lord. Hey, it doesn't matter what happens to you. Man, this is what the favor of God does for you. It doesn't matter what happens to you. He says, but the Lord was with Joseph. And showed him mercy of favor, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. Whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Man, they tried to put him in uh, slavery, psh, to the top. Tried to put him in prison, psh, to the top. And we know that after the prison adventures finished, what happened to him? Psh, he was the second in charge, prime minister. Because of the favor of God that was uh, on his life. Amen? Now let's look at something different. Let's look at something different. Let's go to Second Peter chapter number 1. We're going to read uh, verse 2. Second Peter chapter number 1 verse 2. Someone shout, I have the favor. Someone shout, I have favor with God. I have favor with man. I have a good understanding. Therefore, I will see increase. I will see promotion. Open doors of opportunity. New relationships. 
Kairos moment. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, favor will make you excellent. I remember I was in Atlanta. I was preaching for a friend there. And, uh, you know, when I finished preaching, we went out to eat. And he came to me. He said, man, I just want to let you know I was watching you. I said, what do you mean you were watching me? He said, I was watching the way you preach, the way you walk, and so on and so forth. And I'm sitting there. He said, man, I learned the formula. I got it. And I was sitting there thinking, man, I'm the one preaching. I don't even know what the formula is. <laughs> he said, I got it. Man, life is not about formulas. It's not a copy and paste thing. Amen? Life is about functioning in the grace of God. Find out where the favor is. Go there. It doesn't matter. Man, you could, you could be a person who can't even utter a word. If God puts his favor on you, everybody will come to hear you speak whatever gibberish that God uh, allows to flow out of your mouth. It's the favor, not the eloquence. Man, favor will make you attractive. He puts a shine on you, man. People will just gravitate towards you. People will give you uh, opportunities. Favor will get you to stop sucking up to people. Man, I stopped sucking up to people a long time ago. I don't, I don't do pick me, you know, pick me games. You know, when kids are in a, uh, I, I watched my kid when, she's, when they're in class and the teacher asks a question, pick me, pick me, pick me. Man, I stopped playing pick me games on social media. Pick me, pick me. Can I preach for you? I stopped playing pick me games. Um, man, if you don't pick me, fine. I ain't coming. I like being at home anyway. Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, don't, don't work so hard to try and attract favor uh, in your own strength. It's not a formula. Amen? Allow God to do it for you. Can I get an amen? And so, here we see in 2 Peter 1 verse 2. This is what it says. This is powerful. This can change your life uh, if you listen. Amen? You go, if you just go through the motions and, uh, you know, just another Sunday service, I mean, we're going to be at the same place next year. This time next year, same thing. You know, when the prophet said, the prophet said, this time by tomorrow it's going to be different. No, this time next year it'll be, hey, if you don't fix some things, things won't change. This is January. We, you know, we can all uh, sit around this mountain and fix some resolutions here. 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse 2. Listen to what the Apostle Peter says. He's praying. He says, May grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord uh, Jesus. And so essentially we see through reading this scripture that grace, unmerited favor, and peace, the shalom of God, the blessing of God, can be multiplied to you. Now if it can be multiplied, it also means it can decrease. Let's go to James chapter number 4. We're going to see how you can multiply it and how you can decrease it. You should be trying to multiply this grace over your life. Man, this is good. This has changed my life. James 4 verse 6. This is what it says. James 4 verse 6. If you will, James chapter number 4 verse 6. This is what it says. He says, but he gives more grace. Someone say more grace. More. Now, if the Bible mentions that phrase more grace, it's possible to get less grace. Or he uses the phrase more grace to distinguish from less grace. Amen? He says, but he gives 
more grace. Who does the giving? God, right? He gives more grace. In other words, God gives more favor. Therefore, he says, this is how you begin to function in more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's the formula, if you will. If you want to function in more grace, here's what it looks like. Let's put it down. If you want to function in more grace, the scholars here can help me, the erudites. What should be here? If you want to function in no grace, pride, right? Man, this will help you. It's a simple formula that will change your life. More grace equals humility. No grace at all equals so we grow in grace through our humility. Pride stops the flow of favor. What is pride, you may ask? A proud person is someone who seeks their own glory. Someone who seeks to exalt self. Amen? But we see in different places in scripture that the Lord will not share his glory with another. And so when we drift into that place of pride, actually pride is dangerous because it's the original sin. Before there was any sin, pride was the first one that came on the scene. And so when we allow the enemy to trip us up and move us in the direction of pride, we literally stop the flow of his favor over our lives. Amen? I said amen. And so, this is why, in fact, let's read it. The original sin, let's go. Uh, uh, before Adam and Eve, I mean, there, was, there was sin that existed, but it was only one sin that existed. It was, it was, it was pride. And listen to what it says in Isaiah uh, chapter number 14. Listen, today's sermon is not one that will make you shout. I mean, you're not going to get off your seat. Hallelujah, pastor, preach. It's not going to happen, but it will change your life. Amen. If you apply it in your life, man, it will change your life. You begin to experience more grace, more favor everywhere you go. Literally, your assignment will begin to grow. Can I get an amen? amen? Isaiah chapter number 14 from verse 12 to 15. Now he's talking about how the great uh, angel that uh, was in charge of worship in heaven, how he was fired. How he fell from grace, from favor. How he was uh, cast down into the earth. It tells us in this story. He says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For you said in your heart, this is what pride looks like. It is centered around the word I and the word my. Whenever it's my feelings, I got hurt, my this, I got hurt, my, did my. Whenever you focus, in fact, Andrew Womack has a powerful sermon. You should go, it's not the most listened to, but I think it's powerful. He's got a powerful sermon and a book called Self-Centeredness is the Source of All Grief. And this is how he starts the teaching. He said, today I'm just introducing a new teaching and it's, in fact, he doesn't start that way. He says, today I'm starting a brand new series. And I just want to let you know that there's only one God and you are not him. <laughs> what a way to introduce the sermon. 
There is only one God and you are not him. <laughs> Man, that sermon helped me. Changed my life. Because how many of you realize that when you're all about self, you, you, when you're all wrapped around yourself, you make a small lanyana box. When it's all about you, you make a small box. But when you're all about kingdom and others, you make a big impact. Now listen to the enemy. Listen to Satan. You know, before he was the enemy, he was in heaven. I mean, he had a, a position where he led all the uh, 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 worshippers in heaven. I mean, he was in charge, large and in charge. And he began to say this. If you, are, uh, you have a Bible, a physical one, I want you to circle the, wor- the word I and the word uh, my. And you will see how many times this will trip you up. It says, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou will be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So I I read this scripture to encourage all of us, myself included, to always check your eye levels. Always check your eye level. Check yourself before you break yourself. That's a song from the 90s, right? Check yourself before you break yourself. Man, check your eye levels. I'm always constantly checking my eye levels because, you know, I've, I've realized that as the Lord puts more favor on your life, as you make more impact, man, there's going to be several opportunities for you to start drifting towards I and feeling good about it. You know, I was in Zimbabwe and uh, a bunch of people came to me and they said, man, we watch your broadcast. We watch you on television. Man, we love it. You're changing our lives. Praise the Lord. And uh, I could feel, I could, you can feel the eye rising on the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can feel the eye. If you don't keep it in check, you can feel the eye rising on the inside of, yeah, yeah, what can you expect? I'll be the man. So you've got to keep the eye levels in check. You keep that thing down. So what you do is you say, praise the Lord and move on swiftly. If you want to stay in the game, you want to stay over here, you want to stay over here in more grace, learn how to move on swiftly. You know, people come and give you compliments. I was in Uganda, and, uh, you know, the students there, a bunch of them came. Man, we watch you on uh, Faith uh, Broadcasting Network. Man, you're inspiring us, and this is awesome. And then after I finished preaching, they said, oh, it's the best. If you're preachers, man, people will come and shower you with glory. Some of it is just plump fake. (laughs) If you take everything to heart, if you live based on the opinions of people, man, you're going to be a weak preacher. Okay, man, it's the best thing I ever heard. Oh, man, you're the man. You're more pastor. Come on, pastor. In fact, what we're going to do is put this thing on the radio on Monday. That's what he told me, the director. He said, we're going to cut it and put an intro and put an outro and put this thing on the radio on Monday. And then on Tuesday when the students come, I'm going to make all of them listen to it when it's chapel time. Because this is awesome. It's the best thing I ever heard. Moving on right fast. I like to move on quickly. Because that thing can trip you up. If you want to stay in more grace, man, just realize it's Jesus doing his thing. He may be doing it through you, but you're still the donkey. They're not shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. <laughs> Imagine the donkey is carrying Jesus, right? And, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the donkey is thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you, we just, come on, man. 
I'm just a donkey. That's what I am. I'm just a donkey. Don't try to. Someone came to me the other day uh, at church. You know, after service, they said, yeah, Pastor T, uh, so uh, how do we go about you know, inviting you, and I'm not saying this because I want someone to invite me for lunch, you know, the schedule is busy, so I'm just, you know, saying to make a point. Someone came to me and said, hey, listen, um, you know, how do we invite you for lunch? I said, you just invite me for lunch. He said, no, I mean, how, what's the protocol? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> said, do we grow, go through life, group lead? I said, man, you're talking to me. Let me give you my number. You text me and say, lunch is ready, and I'll come and we eat lunch. He said, but that's not what the man of God does. I said, what are you talking? I mean, I was completely confused, <laughs> genuinely confused until I went for lunch. And then he explained, oh, the religious, you know, community that I come from, this is what used to happen. You would have to, you know, write an email to the PA and then the PA writes an email to, you know, the life group leader and then the life group leader writes an email to the pastor's EA and then the pastor will then come. Back. And then I thought it was a long chain. I was like, man, you cut the sucker out and just come straight and say, yo, let's go for lunch. Cool. When? On Saturday. See you there. Takes the struggle out of life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But if you want to win in life, if you want to defeat pride, learn how to move on quickly. Pastor C and I, everywhere we go, and I'm not exaggerating, everywhere we go, people bump into us. They say, I mean, she was at the school where our kids go to. Someone came, hey, I watch you all the time. You're a blessing. I, I, I can't even go anywhere without bumping into someone who watches either the broadcast or faith broadcasting network. And man, there's a great temptation to think that the donkey is the one that, you know, <laughs> They're shouting Hosanna to. It's a huge temptation. We were at the gym, right? Where we go for the gym. And somebody, yeah, I know you. I know you too. Faith Hill Church. I was trying to change the tickets uh, for, for uh, a vacation at South Air, at Lanceria. It's random. Nobody should know me. I'm wearing a mask. And she finishes. I mean, why, I mean she took like 30 minutes, first of all. And so, you know, that... that I'm, <laughs> At that point, I'm thinking about taking off my anointing and just kind of, you know. <laughs> but something in me said, you know what, just wait. 30 minutes, she's working. Right at the end, she, you know, prints out the new boarding passes and stuff. And she said, are you a preacher? And I said, yeah, how did you know? She said, I watch you all the time. But everywhere you go, people are going to shower you with compliments. But don't forget, you're just the donkey. It's not you. It's the Jesus that they're showing the compliments to. Can I get an amen? And when you learn how to function that way, you can increase the favor over your lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Let's, let's look at a real life scenario that took place. Let's go to Daniel chapter number 4. And I'm going to read from verse 19. And then we'll see uh, how much we can cover there in Daniel chapter number uh, 4 uh, verse 19 and uh, it's talking about you know Daniel who had had a dream and so he went and asked um, you know uh, Daniel he went and asked first of all his own witches uh, what this dream meant and they did, you know couldn't tell him so he went and asked Daniel and this is what happened uh, when Daniel came at first uh, Daniel, who had been renamed Belteshazzar in Babylon, was upset. The thoughts came swarming into his mind. I'm reading in the message, in case you're wondering. He, his mind terrified him. Uh, Belteshazzar, the king, said, Stay calm. Don't let the dream or its interpretation 
uh, scare you. My master, uh, Belteshazzar, I wish this dream was about your enemies and its interpretation about your foes. So the reason why Daniel was scared was because, you know, this dude, uh, Belteshazzar, had had a dream of a big tree, gigantic tree, which symbolized the kingdom which he ruled. You know, it was a huge tree, a Babylon at the time, touched on all the four corners of the world in terms of influence huge tree and all the trees rest uh, all the birds of the air rested on that trees and all the animals uh, found their shade from that tree so there was so much prosperity that was happening at the time and so he had a dream where that an angel came from heaven cut down that tree and then he put a, a ring on the stub of the tree and so this man was laughing. You know, he's the, yeah, that's what's going to happen to my enemies. And then Daniel came and said, ah, I wish it was about your enemies. This one is about you. <laughs> and then listen to this. Listen to the story. I mean, it gets, it gets more hilarious than, you know, this. He says, the, troll, the, the tree you saw that grew large and sturdy, when its top touching the sky, visible from the four corners of the world, uh, that tree with its luxuriant foliage and abundant fruit, enough for everybody. In other words, he's stepping into more grace, right? Enough for everybody uh, to, uh, where am I? Four corners of the earth, the tree under which animals took cover, and the birds build their nests. O king, you are that tree. You have grown great and strong, and your majesty reaches sky high. Your sovereign rule stretches to the four corners of the world. In other words, you have great influence in your assignment. God has blessed you with favor. Now you're doing things at a high level. But the part about the holy angel descending from heaven and proclaiming, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stem and the roots in the ground belted with a strap iron and bronze and grassy meadow. Let him be soaked with heaven's dew and take his meal with grazing animals for seven seasons. O king, that also refers to you. It means that high God is sent as my master, the king. You will be driven away from human company and live with wild animals. You will graze on the grass like an ox. You will be soaked in heaven's dew. This will go on for seven seasons. You will learn that the high God rules over human kingdoms and that he arranges the kingdom affairs. The part about the tree stem and roots being left means that your kingdom will still be there for you after you learn that it is heaven that runs things. So all he wants you to do is to notice you be the donkey. Oh, if you maintain that, man, the tree will stay up. Or you'll get it back. You'll get your kingdom back as soon as uh, uh, you decide to repent from your own strength. Hallelujah. Man, this is strong. He says in verse 27, So king, take my advice. Make a clean break with your sins and start living for others. That's what, you know, uh, 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 humility is all about. It's about living for others and not for yourself. That's, that's what it's about. That's, how, that's so simple. You're going to have to find an encyclopedia, pay someone triple over time to help you. You will still not be able to misunderstand this. It's that simple. Humility is just simply making a decision. I'm going to live for others more than I live for myself. He says, quit your wicked life. Look after the needs of the down and out. Then you will continue to have a good life. Verse 28. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar just 12 months later. I mean, he got the, 
you know, good advice in January, came to Faith You Church, learned about this thing, and 12 months later, December, kid December, boss, he was walking on the balcony of the royal palace in the Babylon and boasted and said, again, I want you to start looking at those words, I and my. By the way, the word my is a possessive adjective and it leaves no room for stewardship. Whenever you move from, hey, it's just God using me to do this thing. Whenever you move, this is where sometimes I have a challenge with my American friends. They say, my church. And I'm sitting there, no, it ain't your church. You're just a steward, junior steward. You're just a junior shepherd. The top dog is the good shepherd, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I said, amen. Now, it happened, and 12 months later, he was walking on the balcony of the royal palace in Babylon and Boston. Look at this. Babylon the Great. And I built it all by myself. A royal palace adequate to display my honor and glory. So he's moving from over here to over here. And so when you get here, what should be the result? So as soon as he landed that plane at the Pride Airport, he had to collect his bags at the carousel of no grace. The words were no sooner out of his mouth before the words even. A voice came out of heaven. This is the edict on you, O King Nebuchadnezzar. Your kingdom is taken from you. You will be driven out of human company and live with wild animals. You will eat grass like an ox. The sentence is for seven seasons or seven years. Enough time to learn that high God rules human kingdoms and puts whomever he wishes in charge. It happened at once. Nebuchadnezzar was driven out of human company, ate grass like an ox, was soaked in heaven's dew. His hair grew like feathers of an eagle, his nails like the claws of a hawk. At the end of seven years, I, Nebuchadnezzar, by the way, this is Nebuchadnezzar writing. It's the only chapter in the Bible that was written by a heathen king. He is writing it himself. It's not, you know, Daniel narrating it. It's Nebuchadnezzar himself writing. He says at the end of seven years, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked to heaven. And when he did look towards heaven, humbled himself and looked towards heaven, notice what happened. I was given my mind back and I was blessed. I blessed the high God, thanking and glorifying God who lives forever. His sovereign rule lasts and lasts. His kingdom never declines and falls. Life on earth doesn't add up too much. But it doesn't add up too much. But God's heaven army keeps everything going. See, a lot of people think this is all you, we have in the earth. They think, you know, when we transact and when we go to pick and pay, they think this is all you have when you go to work. They don't realize there is a greater reality than this. And you need equity in that reality, and it will translate in the equity in this reality. 
sometimes you just have to be a fool uh, around people and just, you know, uh, 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 stay in the place of, of humility. Just stay in that place of humility. The longer you stay there, the, the longer you'll be able to sustain uh, the favor of God that he wants to continue to flow in your life. And I'm not saying you're not going to be tempted to, to move back to I. Oh, man, there's going to be great temptation, especially as you grow up in the corporate ladder, in the ladder of influence. Man, there's going to be a huge temptation to think that all of this is happening because, after all, I'm the one who's good at math. You give me a math equation, I will knock it out the park. Anything, you know, try me. Just give me, you know, and, and with my kids, they do that when they learn a little bit of math. And, you know, you give me any math, daddy. I'm like, five plus three. Is that all you got? Say, yes. Say, eight. I say, okay. Six to the power of four. Say, oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And so here's the deal. is that It doesn't matter how much you have achieved. In the spiritual realm, there's still a six to the power of four that God is trying to get you to be educated in. Don't be so impressed with how much of... I mean, sometimes we get so impressed and heaven is looking and say, Man, you're impressed. I'm trying to get you over there. You Don't mess it up. This is just five plus three. You know, five, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I showed up and then, you know, I, I, yeah, that's what I did. You know, I, when I showed up, I, you know, I took that microphone and I just, <laughs> hey, I mesmerized them. <laughs> With my ability to speak. And God is thinking, man, I wanted to give you a little more. I wanted to work with you, but you're tripping it up. You're throwing the spanners in the works. Amen? Are you seeing the picture? Man, it looks like a simple principle, but this is where a lot of people get stuck. This is why a lot of people, we were talking with Marshall at the office on Friday, and he said, you know, Pastor, I've learned this uh, from you. I said, what have you learned from? He said, even when you have done something, you're always uh, uh, defaulting and, and giving credit to somebody else. And I said to him, there's a method to the madness. Even when I'm the one who's done something, I'll show up and say, you know what, such and such did it, and I mean, they're so awesome, they do it well. When we have, you know, guest speakers, I like to take the back seat and let others take the offering. I don't believe in auditioning for nothing. Hallelujah. How many of you know that, you know, if I took all the offerings when Greg Fritz was there, that could have been four days of auditioning just to show him what I got. But that's not how I'm wired. I'm wired, hey, let others shine. When you're wired to allow others to shine, when you're wired to give credit to others, when you're wired to always build others up, God will raise people that will make it personal. They will make it their personal assignment to build you up. Man, I cannot tell you how many times, you know, Ashley Terradez will come to me or call me and say, hey, I was just sitting with Creflo or Jesse or Andrew and we were talking about you. I'm like, I didn't pay you to do that. He said, yeah, I just wanted them to know that there's a man uh, from Zimbabwe. Quick, quick. (laughs) 
I just wanted them to know. Uh, the latest one was, the latest one was uh, uh, Greg Fritz. He said, oh, Greg, Tafaro, you won't believe what happened. What happened? Uh, so Andrew Womack, when he built his school, he had this thing called the Lodge that he built for guest speakers, right? And um, uh, uh, it's interesting how God does these things when you adopt these things and you start functioning in them and stay away from self-promotion. You know the elevator speech? Where they say you need to have an elevator speech for your boss to tell him everything you're capable of. I, 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 in from down floor to 16th floor, you know, are you ready? You know that thing. That thing won't get you real promotion. Real promotion comes when you just humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. First Peter chapter number five, I think verse six. It says, "Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due season He will." exalt you. He will lift you up. I was talking to Greg Fritz. He said coincidentally, he bumped into Arthur at the lodge and then they decided to go for lunch with Arthur, you know, Greg and Arthur and then Billy, Epphart and Andrew joined them. So it was four of them, right? And three of them, he said, man, the other three were just busy raving about you because they know you, right? Billy's like, oh man, you know, you should hear Tafara. I like Tafara. I like Tafara and Chipo. You say, Chipo? I like Tafara and Chipo. <laughs> they are my kids and so on and so forth. And that's what happens when you make it your goal in life to promote others. Never promote self. Whenever you feel like, I am the one doing this, just stay away. Amen? And God will raise men and women that will promote you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Listen to this. He said, I looked unto the heavens. I got my mind back. And listen to what he said right at the end. He's, he's talking about God. He said, his sovereign rule lasts and lasts. His kingdom never declines and falls. Life on this earth doesn't add up to, to much. But God's heavenly army keeps everything going. No one can interrupt this work. No one can call his rule into question. At the same time, I was given my mind back. I was also given back my majesty and splendor and make my kingdom shine. All the leaders and important people. That's what humility will do for you. Oh, Shaka Zulu, this is awesome. Man, I hope you're getting this. Did you see that? He said, all the leaders and what? Important people came looking for me. You know, you don't go out trying to look for them. They will come looking for you. I was re-established as king in my kingdom and became greater than ever. That's why I'm singing, I, Nebuchadnezzar, I am singing and praising the king of heaven. Everything he does is right, and he does it the right way. He knows how to turn a proud person into a humble man or a woman. Man, this is good. This is awesome. Man, if we all learned this, it would change our lives. I was talking to uh, Aubrey the other day, and he said the first time they came to Faith Hill Church, I walked over to them, and I think uh, Pastor C as well, and we said hi. And uh, he said, but you're not, he said in all his, his life at church, right? He said, he said in all his life, he's never met the senior pastor. He said, and I'm, I'm confused by all this stuff. I'm thinking, man, what are you, what kind of churches were y'all going? <laughs> I mean, because everywhere I went, I want to talk to the man. I want, you know, and, and, and I was like, man, this is strange. He said, man, because it's somewhere out there with bodyguards and so on and so forth. I said, man, that will stop the flow of what God is really trying to do in your life. 
Amen? Amen. The, the ground at the cross is level. Yeah. It's all flat. We're all, we're all God's kids. He's putting his favor on us. And when we start learning how to function over here, man, I'm telling you, this is where more grace is. It's not a shouting message, but it's a life-transforming message. Did that bless you? Well, why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, I'm positioning my heart for more grace. Lord, cause me to see my eye levels. Not these eyes, but, you know, the letter I. But, you know, you've got to check the, the eye level, you know. Uh, some of you... Uh, at work, you know, your boss takes credit for the work that you do and you are starting to get annoyed because you didn't realize that there's another realm, there's another reality. It doesn't matter what he does with your projects. It doesn't matter what he does with your, with your work. God is the ultimate promoter. He is the one that determines who's promoted. And some of you are getting discouraged because you're doing all this work, but when your boss takes it to his boss, he says, he's the one who did it. And you are getting annoyed, saying, man, this man is a liar. I'm going I'm to go tell my boss. No, you don't have to do that. I'm going to tell the owner of the business. I'm going to fight for myself. You don't have to do that. When you fight for yourself, you stop the Lord from fighting for you. What you do is you maintain, someone say maintain. You maintain a good godly attitude. You do not allow your heart to be bitter. You don't allow your heart to be corrupted so that all that heaven has for you continues to flow into your life. Amen? Man, as you grow in the increase and of the influence that God has for you, some of you are going to be falsely accused. I've been there, done that. Falsely accused. They're going to say, uh, you, you know, you say this, that, and the other. And if you are not completely delivered from the pride, you're going to try and fight for yourself. You'll do a YouTube video explaining your side. But that stops the flow of grace. Amen? Man, they'll accuse you. Uh, uh, Joseph, you know, he was accused of being full of pride. He was accused of thinking he was something that, you know, uh, he thought he was better than his brothers. They accused him of all of that. But there was one reality uh, that didn't change as long as he stayed, you know, humble, as long as he stayed uh, uh, without any strife and bitterness. Man, God promoted him. Uh, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Didn't have to put out a, you know, public uh, 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 press, whatever, release and say, hey, I didn't rape her or whatever. No, the Lord will fight your battles. You just have to keep your heart in a good place. And when you do that, man, I'm telling you, the Lord will fight for you and he will promote you. Can I pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. Lord, I just thank you for this teaching. Lord, I thank you that your favor is on us. Lord, I thank you that your, your favor increases in our lives as we keep ourselves in a place of humility. I just pray, Father, that in times where we miss it, highlight to us, Lord, Holy Spirit, show us the areas that this uh, pride may be taken uh, root so that we can uproot them and go back, run back to humility so that we can continue to experience more of your favor. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that this year we'll see an increase in your favor in, at work, in our assignments and the things that you have called us to do. Lord, I just thank you that we'll see an increase uh, in your favor uh, in whatever our hands touch. I thank you, Father, that there's going to be uh, divine connections. People that will uh, make it their full-time job to promote us. So that when we show up to tables, we don't have to bring our own chairs. But Father, that there's a place, there's a reservation that you would have made for us to be there. Thank you, Father, that your favor cannot be stopped. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And someone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I was reading during the week as I was meditating on these uh, scriptures. I read, you know, 1 Timothy chapter number 3, verse 6. And the Lord says this, you know, through the Apostle Paul to Timothy. He says, this is why you should not put a novice in a position of leadership. He says, because if you do, something is going to creep up in their head called pride. Just like it did Lucifer. Go and read it. First Timothy 6. He says, uh, uh, 3, 6. He says, uh, when it happens, they're going to fall into the same uh, condemnation. In other words, their fall from grace is going to be similar. This is a New Testament verse. You know, I was talking to one of my friends in America, a superstar got born again, and they were putting him on the stage, putting him on platforms everywhere. I said, I disagree. I disagreed with Pastor Henry and Marshall. They were like, no, they should be doing that so you can bring people for the kingdom. I said, no, Jesus doesn't need a superstar to bring people to the kingdom. He needs the Holy Ghost. I said, man, that dude needs to sit down. That's what he needs to do. He needs to sit down, get a notebook, pen and paper, and write some notes. Come to faith, your church, sit yourself down. And, you know, I, I had another word try to trip me up. <laughs> sit yourself down so we can give you some discipleship stuff to work with so you can learn how this kingdom works. I, I told him, I said, man, if they don't, you know, sit that man down, this thing is going to trip him up. We've seen it time and time again. You know, Masha and Henry said, no. I didn't. And then they called me three months later. They said, yeah, you were right. It's, it's, go, it's driving him crazy. It's this verse. When someone is new, just sit down, be discipled, be trained. Learn how to function in the kingdom of God. Learn the ways of defaulting for the benefit of another and not self. Get self out the picture. And then you'll begin to function in more grace and more favor. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by. God bless you. Bye-bye. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.